Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. Acts of anti-Semitic vandalism and harassment have increased in recent weeks. This past weekend, vandals toppled nearly 100 gravestones in a Jewish cemetery in Philadelphia. As the story cycled up in the global media on Monday, bomb threats cleared out Jewish community centers in 13 states. Centers in Harrisburg and York were evacuated of students following a midday bomb threat. Fortunately, no bombs were found. Nobody was physically harmed. But for Jews, these acts leave terrifying reminders of life in pre-war Europe and the atrocities that followed what at the time seemed like simple harassment. We have uh, a number of people on our panel today to discuss uh, what's been going on over the last few days. And actually, I think they're going to be talking about what's happened over the last few weeks and months as well. Joining us is Rabbi Carl Choper of the Religion and uh, Society Center and Institute for Religious Dialogue. Uh, Rabbi Choper, welcome to the program. Thank you. Also joining us, Jennifer Ross, President and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Harrisburg. Ms. Ross, welcome to the show. There we go. Are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Thank okay. you. Good morning. Also, Nancy Baron Bear is regional director of the Anti Defamation League's Philadelphia chapter. Ms. Baron Bear, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good morning. Joining us a little bit later in the show, we're going to hear from the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission about education, also from State Senator Dalen Leach. And then right at the very end of today's program, there is the potential for severe weather today. We're going to talk with uh, someone from the National Weather Service about what to expect here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, If you have a question or comment, would like to join our conversation, give us a call at 1-800-729-7532 or Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. Uh, first of all, let me start with uh, Jennifer Ross. Jennifer, uh, you were at the Harrisburg um, Center on uh, Monday when, after the bomb threat had been called in and the evacuation had occurred. Uh, you've been following this very, very closely. Just want to get your thoughts on what's occurred over the past few days. What's been positive is we've had such an outpouring of support from the interfaith and Jewish communities. Um, We've had normalcy back at our center, which is the best part of it, that we've had, you know, our our schools have been back in session. We've had people coming in for fitness and uh, senior club activities. We've had normal normal operations, but it was obviously very disappointing uh, to get the call on Monday. Can I, I mean, I know this is part of the investigation and that you probably can't give too many specifics, but in general terms, what was this call like? What was said? I didn't personally take the call. Right. Yeah, I uh, what I that, understand yeah. is that it was a live caller. It was very challenging to hear what the person said, but as soon as uh, it was clear that the person was indicating there was a bomb in the building, we knew that we were receiving a threat. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that uh, you you have normal uh, policies for what to do, and the, the, the staff uh, right away got everyone out as soon as they could. Yes, we followed all of the procedures and safely evacuated everybody from the building within minutes. We were really pleased with uh, the response time and that everyone was safely removed from the building. 
Nancy Baron Bear, you're the regional director of the Anti-Defamation League, uh, the Philadelphia chapter. Uh, this got a lot of attention nationwide and actually worldwide with uh, the uh, desecration of the cemetery, about 100. Actually, there are some questions as to how many graves were, uh, were, were damaged, gravestones were damaged at Mount Carmel in uh, Philadelphia. Your thoughts on what happened there on Sunday? Having visited the cemetery on uh, both Monday and Tuesday, I can tell you that it's harrowing and haunting to see headstones. You know, people, people are laid to rest. Those are the words that are used. They're laid to rest, and families and friends make an assumption that from that point on, their people will be at rest, and that cemetery was not at rest when I saw it. And when you say that it wasn't at rest, what do you mean? Go a little bit farther, if you would. Well, I'm, I'm meaning that there are were stones from the early 1900s, so they have been, they had been erected over a hundred years ago that were no longer um, <clears throat> on their base, that were, you know, strewn close by. In some cases, because of the way they were um, removed, you couldn't tell. You know, they were toppled over, you couldn't tell whose stone it was. And there are people who have been calling from all over the country and beyond because they have relatives in that cemetery wanting to know, was my relative's grave affected? And so that is the process that's going on now, identifying the precise headstones that were, in fact, impacted. Cemeteries are especially sacred in the Jewish tradition. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Perhaps the rabbi would be the best one okay. to answer right. that question. Okay. All right. Rabbi Chopper? Well, it, it's a key teaching in Jewish tradition that human beings are made in the image of God. And this still it adheres also to even a, a, a dead human being, a dead corpse. It, it, if you have something that has contained holiness, even if it's no longer used, there still is some type of sanctity that adheres to it. So a human body uh, is, um, there, there's something sacred about a, a human body and it must be treated with respect. So it, and it, and th that means, of course, that a cemetery has sanctity as well. Do you, and I, you know, all three of you can weigh in here if you'd like. Um, you know, this has been described, and I even described it here in my introduction, as an act of vandalism. Would it be more accurate to say from the viewpoint of Jews that uh, this is an act of violence? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... It's a sacrilege, uh, and uh, not not only insulting, but also reminiscent of of um, ages of persecution and and danger. I mean, I don't really believe there's a strong sense of of security in the Jewish community about being anywhere, really. Um, I mean, in America now more, until a few months ago, more than ever, perhaps, 
there has been. But um, th this is a quick reminder of how of, of how quickly things can change. Well, you know, I referenced in my introduction pre-war Europe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there may be some people listening to that and say, okay, now, isn't that stretching it or exaggerating a little bit uh, too much? My sense is you and many other Jews across America don't feel that way. And I don't mean to tell you what you feel, but you tell no, me. I, I can um, speak to that. Um, uh, you know, there are people who, in fact, hearken back to those days. There is no question. But I will tell you that the outpouring of universally of people of every faith, every ethnicity, every background saying we're not going to tolerate this at, at every institution, and this is what I've heard around the country, is something that's not reminiscent of the 30s. And we need to be mindful that we are in the United States and there um, I'm not sure that we can equate this to that point in time, even though for some people in their hearts and in their minds, that's where they go. But what we have seen as far as, as everyone's wanting to come forward and to participate and to help is something very different. Mm -hmm. Rabbi? I do make those analogies. And I also think that what, uh, what Jennifer says is absolutely true and that is the thing that's going to save us. That I mean, the outpouring of of uh, of support, the outpouring of outcry by everyone around us. Not actually, not everyone, of course. <laughs> Some people did this, uh, but by so many around us is what's going to save us. I mean, I I feel as my my grandparents were in Berlin from 1930 to 33, and fled because my grandfather's passport was stolen three t was seized three times and then the, the Austrian embassy said they would not give him another if this last one was taken so he went from the embassy to the train station and left the country um, back to Austria then Hitler came in 38 again they had to flee again but um, the outpouring of support uh, was not necessarily there in in Berlin, and I, I have to make the point that uh, when the Jewish Community Center here in Harrisburg received this threat and was evacuated, I, I was not there. And I first received the news from the Pennsylvania Council of Churches. Uh, and I think that's very significant that, that uh, I heard from others in the community in their outcry against what was happening. That is I think something that's very important because I think it's not just the religious entities, the interfaith community, but also there were statements by our governor, our lieutenant governor, um, the mayor here in Philadelphia, and, and almost every political leader <coughs> statewide, uh, all of the local political leaders uh, that cover the area where the cemetery is located, held a press conference yesterday. All of them spoke about how horrific it was, uh, and I think that that's an important piece we don't want to miss. All right, here's the big question, and I know there are a lot of people across this country asking this question, is why? Why have we seen just what we have in the past few days, and 
apparently this is not something new, that there has been an uptick in anti-Semitism for the last few months. Uh, So let me ask each of you why you think it's happening. Rabbi Chopper? Well, tolerant society is very fragile, more fragile than people understand. Most of the world is not tolerant. Most of history, we've not been tolerant. And so we, we, are, we live in a diverse society, uh, and uh, there are two American traditions around that. One is tolerance and acceptance, and all throughout American history, there also has been intolerance and, and rejection and, and um, persecuting or attacking one minority after another. It's just that the particular minority has changed in most cases. Um, in the best of times, that bigotry, the racism, the anti-Semitism is still there. It, it's, it's just that there is a taboo against expressing it. Uh, people know that, that it's, th- they will receive pushback if, if they express it. Uh, and regarding anti-Semitism, there's been a strong taboo against anti-Semitism in the Western world since the Holocaust, not before the Holocaust. Anti-Semitism was very fashionable uh, uh, in, before the Holocaust. Afterwards, it was considered abhorrent, but we're many years away from that now. And in, in recent, the past year in particular, the taboo has been uh, weakened a lot. The, the, uh, the taboo in, in some ways has been removed. And I, I have to say it because I know there were people thinking it. You say in the past year or so, and that is that concurs with, uh, runs concurrent with our presidential campaign. Do you point to that as part of the reason that uh, we are seeing more anti-Semitism? Uh, yes. There's, there has been a lack of care in what has been said and what flames have been fanned. Uh, and uh, it's very important that public speakers and public leaders use language very carefully. And we've, we've seen and many suppose that it, it's been part of the strategy of, 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 um, of what, of the campaign, of the successful campaign this year. Part of the strategy was to mix things up, to tear things, uh, to, to tear the lid off of things. And um, we, people even say, we, 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 want, we want the president to, to mix things up. Mm-hmm. To uh, uh, and w- when you do that, you you can you can mess a lot of things up too. Let me uh, play a, a clip from uh, President Trump's speech last night. Right off the top of the speech, he addressed this issue, and then, uh, uh, ladies, I'd like to get your uh, opinions on this as well. Recent threats targeting Jewish community centers and vandalism of Jewish cemeteries, as well as last week's shooting in Kansas City remind us that while we may be a nation divided on policies, we are a country that stands united in condemning hate and evil in all of its very ugly forms. Now, Nancy and Jennifer, that was the strongest strongest language that Donald Trump has used 
to date. So I wanted to follow up on what Rabbi Chopper said and then get your thoughts on uh, whether uh, the, the presidential campaign and some of the language that has been used, whether that has contributed to this. Uh, I, I think that the statement was a strong statement. There's no question. But I can harken back just a week ago, for instance, to the press conference when um, one of the individuals stood up and asked about anti-Semitism, and the response of the president went to the fact that he himself was not an anti-Semite. We track here at ADL um, extremists and their websites and their comments, and, and the way that the president handled that question at the press conference gave them the opportunity, as the rabbi said, to come out from the woodwork. And, and the comments that were on various websites, they were heralding and celebrating. Uh, and I can give you a quote from the Daily Stormer. In fact, it was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in my life from start to finish. It was simply beautiful. He blasted the media, the Jews, Mexicans, Obama, all of his and our enemies. So that there's a certain feeling every time something isn't addressed that it's giving more and more power to those people who are extremists. Also, the words were wonderful last night, but what we have to start talking about is a plan of action. I know that ADL has put forth a number of items that we think should be done on a national level in response to anti-Semitism and to the other, uh, to, to the increased uh, homophobia and the increased racism and everything else. Well, for example, what? Well, there's many, but well, for example, um, I can tell you that we believe there should be um, a fully resourced civil rights investigation into the bomb threats. We're now numbering close to 100 bomb threats. So we need the DOJ to lead a, a large investigation. We need a federal task force on fighting hate to be convened by the president that brings together all the agencies like Homeland Security, the FBI, etc. Perhaps we need a White House coordinator or czar to fight hate. Uh, I can keep going. Okay, well, that's, I mean, I, get, we, we, I think, you know, those are some good examples. Let me get uh, Jennifer's uh, take on this. Jennifer, what do you think? I certainly hope to see this uniform, consistent message. Um, I think it's very important for people to repeatedly hear from all of our elected officials that anti-Semitism and other hate bias incidents won't be tolerated. Um, it, these have been very cowardly ask, acts. You, you asked why they haven't been stopped, and part of it is and currently there isn't uh, repercussions, perhaps, for the people who are doing this, the individuals who are doing these bomb threats are doing them in waves. They're using technology that's very simple for them uh, to to reach out to dozens of JCCs and Jewish institutions at a time. When people are attacking monuments at cemeteries in the you know the midst of the evening, um, again, it's a cowardly act that they don't expect to be caught. I think people are becoming more vigilant in their communities, and that will hopefully change. Uh, we definitely need assistance from from uh, law enforcement and from our uh, uh, from the very top and our Congress to 
have more actions in place, one of the things we've been requesting in our community is currently that Homeland Security grants are not available to smaller metropolitan areas like Harrisburg and York and other smaller communities. And we're the ones that really need the security infrastructure to combat this type of um, action. One thing I can say to uh, the people who are doing these cowardly acts is they're really uh, not getting the action that they hope because, as we've been discussing, it's really unifying our community and it's really bringing out the best people together to support the community and we are going to be stronger in numbers than they are ultimately. I want to take a break here, and uh, Nancy Barron Barron, I'm going to let you go. Nancy Barron Barron is the regional director of the Anti-Defamation League's Philadelphia chapter. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're talking about uh, the recent vandalisms, uh, bomb threats, acts of anti-Semitic uh, attacks that have gone on across the United States, but uh, here in Pennsylvania, even in the mid-state here in Pennsylvania. Our guest today, Rabbi Carl Choper of the Religion Society Center and Institute for Religious Dialogue, and also joining us, Jennifer Ross, President and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Harrisburg. Uh, we have some open lines, one 800 729 Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. You also can leave a question or a comment on WITF's Facebook page and on Twitter. We are at smarttalkwitf. Again, that phone number, 1-800-729-7532. I want to take some phone calls now. David is in Lemoyne. David, you're on the air. Hello, David. All right, I guess David couldn't hold on. Uh, he has been on hold for a little bit. But one of the questions that David had, and I wanted to ask uh, the two of you as well, uh, he wanted to know if uh, you think that uh, there is any kind of, I don't know if conspiracy is the word or not, or is this, the, you know, what's going on? Are these the acts of single groups, single people, or do you think it's coordinated? Maybe uh, one, two, three, maybe some of the incidents are coordinated, but we'll start with that. Jennifer, what do you think? It's really hard to speculate because the FBI doesn't have, you know, information on what's happening. Uh, if it is based on technology, it could be one individual using this technology, or it could be a group of people my main hope is that they catch whoever is per- perpetrating this because it has been very disruptive and uh, it's, it, it's something that needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Chopper? Well, it, it is hard to say. Um, and one, especially because if Ms. Barron, Barron was, is, is correct, there's not much of an investigation going on at this moment. Maybe if, if there is an investigation on the federal level or, or state level, we, we wouldn't know about it, I suppose, because they don't like to talk about what they're investigating. Um, but um, we do need authorities to, to take a look at that. We're not in a position to know, but it, it uh, you know, we're just not in a position to know. Let's go to uh, Chambersburg. You're on the air. Hello? Uh, yes, this is Dr. Khalid. I am a member of the uh, Muslim community. Okay, go ahead. What, what's your question or comment? Yeah, I'm a member of the Muslim community. I'm standing in front of all my Jewish friends 
here in Pennsylvania and here in America, because I consider myself first Jew, then Muslim. And I think uh, this kind of uh, whatever start now, this is not good for America, because I have seen in Pakistan long time ago this kind of thing start about for some minorities over there, and now we can see where the Pakistan is reached. So we are taking America also that's uh, similar to that third world countries. So we should stop this one, investigate right way, and we need to find the people who are creating this kind of disorder. Hey, I'm glad you called in. Thank you very much for your call. Rabbi Chopper, I, I'm glad he did call in because yes. it brings up a point that uh, something that we have seen that's been a little bit different over the last few days. Uh, you know, we've had uh, a few of you have said that one of the differences this time in these acts of vandalism and <laughs> terrorism, if you want to call it that, uh, is that... Uh, you know, there have been people from different faiths have come together and uh, supported the Jewish community. One of those religious communities, Muslims, when there was the desecration of the Jewish cemetery in St. Louis last week, the cemetery incident in Philadelphia over the weekend, and even here with the bomb threats uh, over the last few days, a number of Muslims have come out and said, okay, we're going to guard some of the uh, JCCs. Uh, we're going to help clean up these cemeteries, try to repair them. This is different. You have worked interfaith uh, for years now in, in, in central Pennsylvania. Yes. Okay, it is unique, but talk about it. Well, I and I, I did want to mention in particular the, the Muslim community because they have also been under uh, a lot of attack uh, in this country. Uh, but we've heard a, a great outpouring from different parts of the Muslim community, in, including the uh, Ahmadiyya community, which this gentleman was just representing, uh, outpouring of, of support. And there's a great willingness on both sides to be working together. Um, I understand that in, in St. Louis also there is a, a long history of... of um, the Jewish community and the Muslim community being in dialogue with each other, and that's part of what what you we saw there. Uh, there's that, that's really part of the greatness of this country. That not only that we have this diversity, but we are reaching out across these lines of of potential division, building lots of small bridges, and lots of small bridges are stronger than one big bridge. Uh, and uh, and we need to be doing that. We need to be doing it in the best of times so that when we reach worse times, uh, we th those bridges are in place. I want to quote oh, a statistic. Scott, Scott, may I comment on yeah, that as ahead, well? Yeah, go ahead, Jennifer. I, I just wanted to say we have just such wonderful friends in the Muslim community in greater Harrisburg. The night of our uh, threat, we had flowers delivered to us personally from the Children's Auxiliary from the Ahmadi uh, Mosque, and we had cards and uh, other well wishes delivered from the Islamic Center in Stilton. And I've had so many countless phone calls and emails from our friends from both congregations, 
and we couldn't be more thankful to have them in our community as our friends and neighbors. Here's a statistic that may surprise some people. The FBI reported that in 2015, 51% of hate crimes that uh, uh, were targeting religious groups targeted Jews and 22% Muslims. Now, I say that may surprise some people because most of the attention from the media over the last few years has been toward when, when Muslims have been targeted, but more than twice as many acts, excuse me, uh, hate crimes targeting Jews than Muslims. So, I mean, this is not something that went away, obviously, and has continued. I want to bring a couple more people into our, our conversation as well. Joining us on the phone is Democratic State Senator Dalen Leach of Montgomery County. Senator Leach, welcome to the program. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. And also joining us here in the in the studio is Jeffrey Beringer, who is Director of Education and Outreach with the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commissioner. Mr. Beringer, welcome to the program. Thank you, Scott, for having yeah, us Let on. me make sure I get the right microphone. There you go. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> and again, if you have some questions or comments, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. Senator Leach, you are one of, and when I say few, I don't know the exact number, but uh, probably one of the few uh, Jewish legislators, uh, obviously in, in the state Senate, but overall in the House, House and Senate. So uh, when you heard about this, uh, when you heard about some of the incidents over the last few days, what were your thoughts? Well, your initial reaction, obviously, is to be sickened by it. Uh, I mean, you know, th this is something we have seen throughout history. Uh, every once in a while, we become complacent and think that you know it's it's in our past permanently, uh, but it never really is. It's uh, in a lot of ways, it's it's below the surface uh, only slightly, and uh, it it doesn't take much to sort of turn over that rock and uh, and allow a lot of unfortunate things out. And we're in such a period now, so uh, it, you know the, the the sort of magnitude and sheer numbers of these incidents is very disturbing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a reminder. The one thing I always say is uh, I was born Jewish, was bar mitzvah as an Orthodox Jew. Uh, I'm now Reformed, but with a last name like Leach, uh, you, no one would know that. And so I, I've heard the things that people say when they don't think a Jewish person's around. Uh, and I know that anti-Semitism is, is still... Uh, surprisingly prevalent in this country, and these, these incidents are further evidence of that. Like what? What do people say when they don't know that you're a Jew? <clears throat> oh, geez, I could tell hundreds of stories. I mean, I, I remember one time I was, uh, you know, talking to uh, someone uh, at, at a bar, and they said, uh, you know, the problem is there's too many Jews in this bar. Or one time I was selling a car to somebody, and they said, look, I'm not going to try to Jew you down. You know, these are, which was reassuring, I guess, in a way. <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, you know, and, and I hear conversations uh, that where when political issues are discussed, and, you know, where, whereas someone might say, you know, there's a problem with Israel, uh, when they think they're safe, they actually say there's a problem with Jews. And so you hear this a lot. And um, if my name were Goldberg or something, I probably wouldn't hear these things. But it's important that we know that this is out there. We know that whatever has motivated these uh, attacks on cemeteries and these threats to Jewish community centers is out there. And A, try to deal with it effectively, and B, not tolerate those who, who flirt with it.
Let me ask you this: as a member of the state the state senate, uh, a few of our panelists today have said that uh, you know we need a really strong investigation into this, and you know, they've talked about on the federal level, maybe all kinds of agencies, but. You are in a position where, you know, laws can be created. You can make sure that the law is followed. Uh, is there any action warranted or will there be any action taken as a result of this wave of anti-Semitism? Well, it, it's hard to know what law exactly would be the most effective. I mean, you know, we have penalties for this sort of thing if we, if we can catch the people. Uh, but th- this is the sort of thing that is, isn't going to be solved by passing another law, although, you know, I'm open to hearing what, uh, what ideas people might have. But uh, it, it, it's, it's something that has to be solved by changing the attitudes of people and, and uh, you know, really uh, working to make sure that this is, this is not acceptable, acceptable behavior. Uh, and these are not acceptable attitudes. And, and um, you know, that's, that's much harder than passing a law in a lot of ways. Well, you just gave me a perfect segue into uh, Jeffrey Berenger, who is Director of Education and Outreach with the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission. Mr. Berenger, thank you for being with us today. Uh, the Human Relations Commission deals with discrimination. That's correct. Human relations, when people uh, feel they have been discriminated against, discriminated against, and of course as part of that you look at hate crimes and hate groups and that kind of thing. But your title, education and outreach. I mean, we often hear education is the key to this. Talk about why education is so important in trying to stop this. Well, it's it's important, Scott, and we don't really get at it early enough. Uh, childhood education has to be the one of the ways to go. HUD supplied us with some money to do a book called The Fair Housing Five, and we're reading that book to third grade students and urging them to take it home and discuss it with their parents. So there's no substitute for like early education. We can do all the training and education that is possible, but you still can't necessarily get at the hearts and minds of people. And that starts from the top down. It starts with the president. It starts with the parents at home. It starts with uh, pickup trucks with Confederate flags. It starts with parents allowing their kids to leave for school with a Confederate flag on, the, on their T-shirt. So. We've got to do much more. And I just wanted to comment about the uh, interrelationship between Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. They sort of track. They're both viewed as the other by many Americans. And I wanted to point out that the Muslim community raised, I think it was over $60,000 to repair some of those stones that were turned over, and I believe the Philadelphia Jewish Cemetery. So there, there's a lot of positive things that are going on with both of those communities, and we're involved. Now, when you said that uh, you, know, you want to get to children when they're young, I have heard people say that, okay, that's, that's great. That is, you know, I, one of the things you can compare it to is what children learned over the years about smoking in school, for example. Right. But you have to get to the adults. Right. The people who have grown up this way and looked at Jews or looked at Muslims as the other or the enemy. How do you do that? We're never going to change some of those hearts and minds. There's no question about that. But we're using advisory councils. We have 10 advisory councils all over the Commonwealth, and their mission is to be the eyes and ears of the PHRC. 
We're here in Harrisburg and Philly and Pittsburgh, but we have no idea generally what's going on in the rest of the Commonwealth. These advisory councils tell us what's going on in their communities. If the KKK is leafleting them, we'd like to know about it. If there's some kind of uh, desecration of a cemetery, we need to know about that so we can not only act on it, but we can report it out in what's called the Interagency uh, Task Force. That task force is a, a member agency group police, community members, interfaith members that meet once a month to talk about these incidents and then try to do some strategizing over how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I am curious about is whether we've mentioned about hate crimes against Jews, Muslims, uh, blacks, uh, there has been an uptick. But what about discrimination? I mean, as the Human Relations Commission is investigating claims of discrimination, have we seen an increase in reports of discrimination? That's hard for me to know. I'm sort of on the other side of the wall. The investigators do their job, and I do my education and outreach, but we certainly are very busy. And the problem is that we've gone from a complement of over 200 to 71. So we're expected, for instance, in our division to deal with 502 school districts over the Commonwealth, and we've only got like three and a half people. Mm. Go ahead, Carl. Well, what we need is for everyone to try to build relationships across these lines. And you, know, you, you mentioned before that I, I, I direct the Religion and Society Center and Institute for Religious Dialogue. And dialogue takes all types of forms, I mean, not only conversation and joint learning, but also joint celebration and and cooperative action. Bring people, bring different people together to talk to each other, to break bread together, to um, to, to do something in the community together. Uh, if if you if you have some type of community organization uh, create some type of program or, or not even a community organization just with your your family you know some people who are from a different part of the world reach out to them and uh, you know, it's that type of relationship building that we need and everybody doing that can make a big difference you're listening to smart talk on WITF your home for NPR news and all things regional I'm Scott Lamar we're discussing the recent rash of anti-Semitic crimes. Joining us, Rabbi Carl Choper of the Religion and Society Center. Also, Jennifer Ross, President and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Harrisburg. State Senator Daylin Leach, Democrat from Montgomery County. He also represents part of uh, Delaware County. And also joining us is Jeffrey Beringer, who is Director of Education and Outreach with the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission. We're going to encourage all our panelists in our last 10 minutes or so to join in the conversation. Anything that when you would like to join in, go right ahead. 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org if you'd like to join the conversation. Let's go to the phone now. David is in Lewistown. David, you're on the air. Hi. I just wanted to remind everyone that the first time that our president was asked about these anti-Semitic acts was when um, Netanyahu was visiting. And the president's response was to brag about how big his win was in the election, which really had nothing to do with the question. The second time he was asked about these anti-Semitic attacks, he, he attacked the reporter and then bragged about how he wasn't an anti-Semite. And just recently, when our attorney general asked the president about these anti-Semitic acts, the president suggested 
that, quote-unquote, the reverse happened. In other words, that maybe these attacks were not by anti-Semites, but perhaps by Jews trying to make the president look bad. Now, I want to remind everyone, during the campaign, the president used a picture of his opponent on a pile of money with a Jewish star and then suggested that it wasn't a Jewish star, when we all know what a Jewish star looks like and what the suggestion was. And in the president's final advertisement, the president suggested that there was a Jewish conspiracy, an international conspiracy that is running the world, and that he was going to address it. David, I believe that you are all blind to what we are dealing with. And Dave, Dave, I have I have to take a I have to run because I only have a few minutes. Thank you very much for your call, Thank Senator you Leach. Senator yeah. Leach, you have been very, very uh, critical of the president. Yeah, uh, let's be very clear. The caller was absolutely right. Uh, the president frequently uh, peddled outright anti-Semitic themes during his campaign directly from the protocols of the elders of Zion. Uh, you know, his final campaign speeches talked about how there was a conspiracy between big New York money and the media, uh, you know, to, to, to rig the election against him. Uh, when he spoke to the Republican, Republican Jewish coalition, he said, you people love making money, don't you? You, 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 you don't like me because I don't want your money. All these things that are classic, you know, uh, the, the classic currency of, of Jew haters. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I would also just note that, you know, people point to his son-in-law uh, being Jewish. Uh, I just finished a book on Eichmann, and it, it talked about how many of the leading Nazis, and I'm not saying that's he, he's that, but many of them had uh, a, a Jewish friend, a Jewish relative that they thought was a, a great person. They got them uh, uh, Swiss passports and saved them. You know, we can slaughter the rest of them, but this guy's a good guy. The fact that someone has a Jewish friend or relative does not mean that they're not anti-Semitic. And I don't know if Donald, I can't read his heart. I don't know if he's anti-Semitic or if he just is oblivious to the anti-Semitism uh, that that he he peddles. But I would just conclude by saying, go on go on the anti-Semitic t- Twitter feeds, um, and uh, every one of the people on those feeds is like loves you know Heil Trump. They love Donald Trump, um, and uh, including David Duke and a lot of people less famous than that. So so he should do a lot more to distance himself from that sort of thing. Uh, if he really believes that he needs to do that. Rabbi Chopper? I just wanted to say, I, I do remember what all those things that the caller said, which is why I also say it's the outcry of the public that is going to save us. Before, so the, before you move mm-hmm. on, Rabbi, you wanted to mention, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to mention that uh, in response to this rash of incidents, that uh, we, have some, uh, we have something going on in Harrisburg, a couple of different events? Yeah, well, the, the interfaith community is putting together some gatherings. Well, one is in Steelton this Sunday, March 5th at 2.30 at Trinity Lutheran Church, Steelton. Uh, 221 South 2nd Street. There's a lot of Trinity Lutheran churches, so you have to be uh, specific. Trinity Lutheran Church, Steelton, Transforming Hate into Love, a Service for Healing and Unity. Uh, And in York, there's a community healing service Thursday, March 2nd at 630 
at Luther Memorial Church, uh, 1907 Hollywood Drive in York. Okay, good. Let's... Uh, Only five minutes. Pardon me? Okay. All right, let's go uh, back to Ron in Lancaster County. Ron, you're on the air. Thank you very much. Um, I have a theory that history didn't just begin, <clears throat> and what's not uh, picked up by anybody seems to be the birth of the, the hate. And Jesus preached love, and I'm Jewish, you know, or most of my friends are Christian. Jesus preached love, and uh, Rome was the enemy of the Jews. When Constantine took the religion and adopted it to uh, unify the country, uh, uh, the, uh, the the anti-Semitism began, and it began right at the beginning. And, and uh, the Jewish leaders at the time of Jesus were all in the hands and the pockets of Rome. They were the, the lackeys of Rome. Ron, thank you very much for your call. Uh, Rabbi Chopper, history is very important in the Jewish faith. History is very important, and anti-Semitism does go back a very long way. Um, and uh, one of the reasons that we have a sustained Jewish-Christian dialogue is because that anti-Semitism has gotten very much mixed up into the relationship between Judaism and Christianity also. Um, and we're trying to unpack that. Jeffrey? Scott, just to give you an idea of the depth of this problem in Pennsylvania, the Southern Poverty Law Center has said that Pennsylvania has the fifth most hate groups in the United States. And like was said before, it could be a a coordinated group. It could be one individual with a uh, computer, but uh, it's tremendous problem here in Pennsylvania. And like you said, we're seeing an uptick in these tensions and crises all over the Commonwealth. You know, you had talked earlier, Jeffrey, about uh, the Human Relations Commission when there are meetings and trying to figure out what your next course of action will be. All right, I don't know whether, you know, because we're not talking about discrimination here per se, but will there be a course of action the Human Relations Commission will take with this uptick in uh, anti-Semitic uh, incidents? Yeah, we're working with the Pennsylvania Department of Education to come up with a crisis protocol. Who do you call first? Who's the, who are the people, the organizations that should be involved in the solution? So we are looking at some broad-based uh, crises protocols to deal with these problems quickly and efficiently um, and to involve all of our partners who should be involved in these issues. Mm -hmm. We only have a minute or so left. I want to thank all of you for being with us and the guests that we had earlier in the program. Uh, Jennifer Ross, uh, if you had a message that you could leave for our audience today, what would it be? Just to know that the Jewish Community Center serves the entire interfaith population, and so if somebody's harming uh, our center, they're harming the entire community, but we really welcome the continued support of our friends from the interfaith community, and I think that's really the way we can combat anti-Semitism is all working together and recognizing that we are all one people. Senator Leach, what about you? About 30 seconds. Well, I think that people have to, you know, work hard to communicate with their neighbors, understand what they're thinking, uh, and, you know, just do everything they can to uh, make it clear that 
you know, we are all in this together, anti-Semitism, racism, uh, Islamophobia, homophobia. These are all things that are destructive to society, and we can do better than that. I want to thank our guest today, Rabbi Carl Choper, also Jennifer Ross, President and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Harrisburg, Nancy Baron Bear, Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League's Philadelphia chapter, was with us earlier, uh, State Senator Daylin Leach, also uh, Jeffrey Beringer of the State Human Relations Commission. Thank all of you for being with us today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Well, I want to switch gears now. I want to switch gears because uh, another big story here today is that uh, there is the potential for some severe weather in uh, central Pennsylvania and in Pennsylvania. So joining us on the line now is uh, Matt Steinbugel, who is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in State College. Mr. Steinbugel, thank you for being with us today. Sure thing, Scott. Good morning. All right. So where are we right now? What can we expect here in uh, central Pennsylvania? Sure. Uh, we're expecting to see a damaging wind uh, threat evolve with a line of thunderstorms across south-central Pennsylvania uh, through the afternoon hours. Um, of course, this, the, the severe weather risk has been ramping up over the last couple of days. Um, the main threat, again, uh, damaging thunderstorm winds in excess of 60, perhaps 70 miles per hour, but also some large hail and uh, an isolated tornado cannot be ruled out. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons that uh, th- there are more people, if you will, that uh, are on guard today is because what we experienced on Saturday when there was a tornado that st- touched down in York County and some high winds that caused millions of dollars of damage in Lancaster County and some other places uh, around central Pennsylvania. One difference I see between Saturday and today is right now and so far today there's been no sunshine. Would that reduce the potential for severe thor- storms? Uh, yes, it would, Scott. If uh, if we aren't able to realize um, uh, the instability, which is driven by uh, some peaks of sunshine, that may uh, limit the severe weather risk. Um, so that's one of the things we're we're, we're a bit concerned about as, as we're as we're seeing things evolve. Um, but you are right. Um, you know that that is a that is a potential limiting factor that that could um, keep storms uh, you know, perhaps a little further south of Pennsylvania where there's better instability. Well, now, what kind of time frame are we looking at here in Central Pennsylvania for the severe storms? Uh, the the main risk is going to be probably from noontime uh, through the evening hours. Uh, that would be the, the primary time for um, for severe weather. Uh, again, driven by um, some some peaks of sunshine and, and instability that develops. There's there's a lot of uh, very strong winds in the atmosphere ahead of a a, a strong cold front. Um, so if the, that instability can combine with those very strong winds, um, that's where we're going to see uh, those severe thunderstorms develop. What about areas of the state? Uh, is it too early to tell what areas of the state uh, may be hit the hardest? At this at this time, it looks like uh, South Central Pennsylvania. Um, basically, south of Interstate 80 has the highest potential uh, for severe storms. As you go further to the north, um, there's not as much instability. Temperatures are a little bit lower, um, so the risk is, is a bit uh, lower as you go further to the north toward the New York border. Uh, but the highest risk is going to be over the south-central portion of the state. Well, and then I understand, I only have about 30 seconds left, Matt, uh, that there is potential for some snow tomorrow. Yeah, believe it or not, um, you know, after a couple of rounds of severe weather, 
Um, there's going to be some colder air coming in behind this cold front, and then another little disturbance um, coming in for Thursday night into Friday that could produce uh, a bit of light snow, uh, particularly over the, the higher terrain in southwestern Pennsylvania, but also you know at least some snowflakes or rain or snow mix as far east as the Harrisburg area. Matt Steinbugel is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service and State College. Matt, thank you very much for being with us today. Sure thing, Scott. Have a good one. Thank you couple things. Uh, coming up on Friday, a Smart Talk Road Trip will be broadcasting from uh, the Pennsylvania Garden Show at the York Fairgrounds. So uh, if you would like to come out and attend, watch the live broadcast, go to WITF.org and register to make sure you, you, you get a seat. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be talking some more about the Affordable Care Act that's on tomorrow's show.